The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister. We're continuing our series on prosperity by Charles Fillmore. I'm teaching the whole book, and I'm requesting that anyone who is following along with this series uh, get the book. You can get it online. You can find websites that have it Uh, online for free even in some format or another you can purchase the book whatever you need to do just make sure that you're going along with the book chapter by chapter today we're teaching lesson 12 which is excuse me uh, overcoming the thought of lack overcoming the thought of lack so before we actually get into this lesson I want to read something from another book first. This is from Spiritual Economics by Eric Butterworth. And I think it's um, really important to read this because it's a quick point, but it's very, very powerful. He states, prosperity is a way of living and thinking, not just money or things. Poverty is a way of living and thinking and not just a lack of money or things. I'm going to repeat it. Prosperity is a way of living and thinking and not just money or things. Poverty is a way of living and thinking and not just a lack of money or things. Now, why is this important? Because it's important because as we study the concept, the idea of prosperity, especially God's abundance, we have to realize that poverty or prosperity are simply ways of living and thinking. Prosperity is not having the thing. It's the the way you live and think. It's your being. It's who you're being. It's, It's your state of awareness because there are people who always see opportunities and there are people who always see difficulties and there are people who sometimes see opportunities and there are people who sometimes see difficulties. Now, most people tend to see opportunities and difficulties. The challenge is, not the challenge, but the 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 response of the truth student is, with God, all things are possible. Therefore, there's an opportunity in 
any and every situation to learn something, even if it's to learn what not to do. Prosperity is a way of living and thinking, not just money or things. It's not saying that it's not, by the way, money or things, because having what we call financial independence is a form of prosperity. But also, but health and peace and love and harmonious relationships make up the totality of what we call prosperity. And I wanted to start this session with that quote, because if we can get that, that it's a way of living and thinking and not just money or things, we can get a handle on it. All right. So let me go ahead and start with Mr. Fillmore's book, because obviously we have some ground to cover. On page 173, Mr. Fillmore's uh, working with a with a uh, parable of Jesus. He gives this commentary. He says the mind of man is like the net catching every kind of idea, and it is man's privilege and duty under divine law to separate those that are good from those which are not good. In this process, the currents of unselfish spiritual love flowing through the soul acts as great eliminators, freeing the consciousness of thoughts of hate, lack, and poverty, and giving the substance of spirit free access into the consciousness and affairs. So, the mind is always open to catching other people's thoughts and feelings and moods and all the other stuff. You ever walk into a situation and it seems as though you can cut the energy with a knife? The mood, the feelings, um, the body language is emitting a certain type of energy. Well, you can find yourself picking up other people's thoughts and feelings, or even that, even if they're not even in your physical location, because we're all connected at a level mentally. So it's very important that we understand that you can. Pick up somebody else's ideology, somebody else's concept, somebody else's thought, somebody else's feeling and run with it. It's not even original with you. Sometimes people are mad. They don't even know why they're mad. They're mad about somebody else's situation or experience. They're mad about somebody else's uh, um, uh, energy, et cetera. Or the other person's mad. You walk into their energy and you pick up. And start to engage in them because that's where they're at. It's important for you to realize that you have the ability to separate and not focus on any thought, feeling, belief, concept, or whatever that's not for your highest good. You don't have to be a reactor to life. You can be a creator. What do you want to create in your experience? What do you want to create for others? What type of life and society do you want to create for others? Mr. Fillmore is of the belief, and I agree with him, that we can create a world that works for everybody by teaching them how to get in contact with the presence and power of God within themselves. And when that is done, then and only then we can live in the space that allows us to live in harmony with others because we know we have more than enough. When I know I have more than enough and you have more than enough and we can share our more than enough, then everybody has more than enough. No thought of lack. Now, he goes on to say on page 174, each must handle his own thoughts and overcome them by aligning them with the harmony and order of the divine thought. 
there is an infinite omnipresent wisdom within us that will deal with these thoughts and guide us in making the discrimination between right and the wrong where we trust ourselves fully to its intelligence. Oh, so there's something within me. There's something within you. There's something within every person, whether they listen to it or not, whether they are aware of it or not, because sometimes thought can thoughts can become so dense that knows the right thing to do and the wrong thing to do in any situation or circumstance. That doesn't make a person right or wrong. But what is the proper spiritual response to this situation? How should I handle this? What should I say? Where should I go? Who should I do this with? There's an inner intelligence. There's an inner wisdom that knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. That's key. It knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. You might not consciously know how to do those things, but there's something within you that if you learn how to get in contact with it. Now, how do you do that? He says on 174, we can establish a connection between the conscious mind and the superconscious mind within us by meditation, by silence, and my speaking the word. So he just gave us three steps. Meditation, the silence, speaking the word. Now, meditation and silence are connected. Meditation is simply, especially as it's taught in New Thought, is contemplative meditation. What does that mean? You take an idea and you contemplate on it. What is it saying to you? Instead of just trying to sit still and think about nothing, which will flood your mind with all type of thoughts, you'll be thinking about that you're not supposed to be thinking about anything. <laughs> so it's important for you to realize that contemplative meditation allows you to take a thought like I'm the, the father and I are one, or I'm a divine expression of an omnipresent God, or I am the God's idea of itself or whatever. And you just contemplate on the idea over and over again. It's the father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom whatever it is, and you contemplate on it. And the contemplation will reveal itself. In other words, what does the idea mean, really, when you get behind it? And it'll lead you to a place beyond thought and beyond words that really can't be explained. It can only be experienced. Eckhart Tolle calls it the power of now. Actually, Joe Goldsmith actually calls it calls it beyond words and thoughts. He, he wrote a book on the subject. Mr. Fillmore called it the silence. In the Bible, uh, the psalmist called it the secret place of the Most High. Jesus talked about going within to your inner closet. To, he said go into the closet. He's not talking about some space in your home. He's talking about going deeply within your soul. Deeply within your soul where the inner Wisdom of God resides that can guide you, that can lead you so you know what to say. And, you know, as Kenny Rogers once sang, to teach you how to know when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, know when to run, you know. And I'm not saying to teach you how to gamble. I'm using those that, that language to explain to you that the intelligence knows how to do everything. He says, don't count your money when you're sitting at the table. 
there'll be time enough for counting when the deal is done. But anyway, <laughs> it's the intelligence that knows. It knows. It knows that it knows. So we have to take time out of our busy schedules for prayer, for meditation, for sitting in the silence. And then we speak the word. In other words, so as we use the power of affirmative prayer, we're actually calling those things, the scripture says, that be not as though they were. We're speaking the word. You know, as it's stated in the King James Version, thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established unto you in the book of Job. Or in Isaiah, the words that come forth out of my mouth shall not return unto me void. Why is this, why is this important? Because as you speak it, you are forming it. You're bringing into existence something that never existed before. So you are aligning yourself up with divine law. So as you become still, learn to work with that inner intelligence that we call a superconscious mind through meditation, which will lead you into the silence. And by speaking the word, you are connecting and spiritually infusing your words with power. So someone who has a consciousness of truth uh, that's uh, sufficient can speak the word to what considered what others consider to be hopeless and bring hope out of it and bring demonstration out of it and bring healing out of it and bring prosperity out of it based upon the belief that you have behind your words. Hopefully that works with you. Moving on. He says on page 174, later down the page, the this mind of the spirit will guide you in perfect ways, even in the minute details of your life, if you will let it do so. Mm. If you'll let it. Okay, God, what should I eat today? Okay, God, what should I wear today? Okay, God, is it anybody that I need to talk to today that I haven't talked to? Okay, God. How long should I exercise today? Okay, God, what should I watch today? Okay, God, what should I read today? What are you doing? You have to get in in the repetition of turning within and seeking answers about minute things. Therefore, when you're in the flow, so when something more, as we would judge, serious happens, you're not trying to um, become aware of your connection. The connection is always there, and the connection is never broken. But if you don't know how to tune in to what already is, then when you need that inner wisdom to guide you in what to do and how to do it, it's not you're not aware of it, and you work, and you can end up working very hard. And you know, sometimes people, you know, they they become distraught and start wondering, "Where are you, God? What's this all about? Why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with this? Why did this person do this?" Why did this happen? Why me? So it's important for us to be in contact with that inner wisdom. One, so we don't have to have the teeth rattling experiences. But when situations like that do come, if they do, and sometimes they do, we can be connected consciously to that which can sustain us. It's really important. What sustains you when you are going through the going through? When people disappoint you and don't fulfill their obligations, when there's more month than money, when the body's not acting the way you would like it to act, what do you lean on? 
What do you lean on? What the world tells you? What the doctor says? What the financial guru says? What the government says on the unemployment rate is? Who do you put your trust in? Because that matters. Mr. Fillmore says, but you must will to do its will and trust it in all your ways. All. All. Even if something as simple as, should I date this person? Why? Because that's a life-changing decision. Why wouldn't you pray about that? Because relationships can affect your prosperity. Let's think about that. So, anyway, I want to remind you that this show, along with all of the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your love offerings, by your donations. And it's really important for us to continue to get this message out to the world. So your donations help support this online ministry. It helps support the systems. It helps to pay for the employees to make this process work. So I'm requesting, as I do every week, that you click on the donate button, you click on the giving button and support Unity so they can continue to send this message out to the world. It matters a lot. What we give matters. The world is dealing with a lot of stuff, but you don't know who might listen to one of these shows and become the next Gandhi, the next Martin Luther King, the next Nelson Mandela, or the next whoever else, whoever. Something could be, somebody somewhere could listen to this message and become inspired to go and create uh, positive change in environments that haven't seen them in a long time. Somebody who might not have access to this truth might be able to go out and just because they have internet access in some far off country in Africa or Central or South America or whatever and get this information and be able to take it back to people so their lives can be transformed. So please click on the donate button. Also, I want to remind you that Christ Universal Temple streams live online. You can go to www.cutemple.org. That's www.cutemple.org and watch our live stream. You can also go on the Universal Foundation for Better Living's website, ufbl.org, and get more information on the Universal Foundation for Better Living. Finally, before we take our first break, don't forget that I have a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Like it, please share it, comment on it. Um, Basically, let people know it's out there so we can spread the word about this show. We're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back with Truth Transform.
Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. Create an extraordinary story of your life. Join best-selling author Mark Nepo and singer-songwriter Daniel Namod at Unity Village for The Exquisite Risk, Daring to Live an Authentic Life, September 19th through 22nd, 2013. Take The Exquisite Risk with Mark Nepo in this inspiring retreat and workshop. Learn more at unityvillage.org slash N-E-P-O. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we're teaching the book Prosperity by Charles Fillmore. Uh, we're in the midst of a series, and again, I'm requesting that everyone who is following this series get the book Prosperity by Fillmore there. You, you can get it in a hardcover, softcover online version they even have free formats floating around on the internet if you can listen to the show online you can find the book anyway moving along so on page 175 uh, mr fillmore uh makes a statement i think is very powerful he says we're learning that thoughts are things and occupy space in mind we cannot have new or better ones in a place already crowded with old weak inefficient thoughts now that's that, that's deep because if you already have thoughts and feelings about a thing then when you try to add something on to it you know what you already have a belief about that so part of new thinking is the the, the realization that old thoughts have to be eliminated as new thoughts are accepted you can't put as jesus stated new wine in old wineskins. You know, Jesus also said you must be born again. You got to start the process over. So we have to allow ourselves the ability to do a mental house cleaning, as he says. A mental house cleaning, he says, is even more necessary than a material one. For the without is but a reflection of the within. So 
he goes on to say, old thoughts must be denied and the mind cleansed in preparation before the affirmative Christ consciousness can come in. So if there's no room in the end, in, in the biblical story of Jesus's uh, birth, it states that Joseph and Mary went to the end, but there was no room in the end. In other words, this is where people were already living, where we already live in thought. There's no room for the, the birth or the dawning of Christ consciousness. We don't have room for it when we have when all of the other rooms are occupied or all of our different states of consciousness are being occupied by erroneous thinking. Then we won't try to add Christ consciousness to that. It won't work. It can't. We have to create space for it. We have to eliminate the thoughts we don't want, because, again, Christ consciousness is not your intellectual understanding of truth. Christ consciousness is not based upon how many books you've read, the books, the CDs, the tapes, the prayer time, the study is to create the space so the Christ consciousness can flow through you. That's it. But you create the space. You don't create Christ consciousness. You create the space for Christ consciousness. You, which means you create the space for prosperity. You create the space for abundance by having thoughts, beliefs, feelings, and words, and actions, and reactions that are consistent with abundance. So he goes on to say that our mind and even our body is loaded with error thoughts. Every cell is clothed with thought. Every cell has a mind of its own. Now, he was writing this. What's amazing to me is he was writing this before we had a concept of DNA. He was writing this before we had a concept of quantum physics. You know, this is amazing that he knew this then. And, and 21st century medicine is proving that this man was right without having a medical background. But let's not get wrapped up into that. Uh, if, but if you want more proof on that, look up the book, The Biology of Belief by Bruce Limpton, Dr. Bruce Limpton, The Biology of Belief, because he explains it very well about how science is proving things that uh, te teachers of consciousness and universal law have been saying for quite some time. But anyway, so if we're having erroneous thoughts of lack, not only those thoughts in the mind, they're also in our bodies that that because our bodies will react and have certain type of feelings when we're dealing with money in particular. You know, how do you feel when you don't feel as though you have enough? How do you feel when you look at the bills and, and then you look at the checkbook that can't cover it? How do you feel when you don't feel when when you're not wor working or working in a job that you don't feel as though can give you a living wage? Those thoughts are literally in your cell. That's and they pop out as illness, as stress. And you know, stress is not a thing. Stress is something that's mentally produced, but it affects literally the cell cells of your body. There are so many people now that are going to doc to the doctor and hospitals and whatever based upon anxiety attacks and stress related illnesses. Why? 
because those thoughts are literally being impressed upon the cells of the body, on your lung, on your stomach, on your liver. Calcifying as illness. It's something to think about. Um, in the book, uh, The Healing Secret of the Ages by The Healing Secret of the Ages by Catherine Ponder. She talks about the different type of thoughts and concepts that affect different parts of the body. So it's important that we realize that one of the most important reasons why we think spiritually and we promote positive, uplifting thoughts is because literally your thoughts affect your body. Your feelings affect your body. Your words affect your body. So when you're lifted up, the cells are getting the signal for health and healing and wholeness, peace and harmony. And when it's not, they're getting signals for other stuff. But thoughts of lack and fear and frustration and anxiety literally impress upon the cells. And literally, they have medicine now that is not based upon disease, but based upon people being stressed. Which most likely has its own side effects, which we won't get into. Anyway, so he says, by the use of the now, we break through the outer crust, the material thought that has enveloped the cells and get down into the substance of life within them. Then we make contact with the substance of life which our denials have exposed and by it express the positive, constructive side of the law. So he's basically telling you how you work with healing the cells in your body. You can read more of that in le- later or on your own. Excuse me. All right. Page 179. I'm jumping over a whole bunch of stuff. Excuse me, 178. Talking about denials. Metaphysicians speak of the limit, this eliminative work as denial. Denial usually comes first. It sweeps out the debris and makes room for the new tenant that is brought into mind by the affirmation. It would not be wise to eliminate the old thoughts unless you knew that there are higher and better ones to take their place. But we need not fear this because we know the divine truth that God is a source of all good and that all good things can be ours through the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Now, Basically, what he's saying is, you know, if you don't eliminate something, unless you know what it, what's going to replace it. I'm not going to say that, but I will say this. When you eliminate something, if you don't have, if you don't create something new to replace it, some new thought, new idea, new concept, the old idea has a tendency to just slip back in the place. So what you don't want to do is create space and then don't put something in there. It's, you know, some old New Thought writers used to call it the law of substitution, that you replace it with something else. You don't try to fix it. You just replace it with something else. You have these old thoughts. You know, I need to reform my thought. Yeah. Reform your thought means eliminate the thoughts you don't need and replace them with something else. What are you thinking about? So denial helps you get to the point of you eliminating so you can create space for newness. It, it doesn't make a difference what it is. You know, one of my um, teachers, um, um, Reverend Evelyn Boyd at Christ Universal Temple, she used to tell us that if, you know, if if 
you know, she would say Sears, Roebuck and Company came to your house with a truck full of new stuff. Where would they put it? And that question was based upon the fact that we pray for newness, but we don't get rid of the old. We don't get rid of the old. In other words, OK, I want new this, but guess what? You know, things that we don't need anymore. Are we just keeping them to keep old clothes that you can't wear anymore, can't fit and don't even intend on trying to get back to the size to fit them? You know, just sitting in the closet or in boxes or whatever, old things that you don't utilize anymore or or now even might be considered junk. But you want newness, but refuse to hold on to to let go of the old. You got to let go of the old, not just mentally, but their physical counterparts. What needs to be let go of? What needs to be let go of? You want you can't get newness looking back. Just a thought. Anyway, moving on. He goes on talking about how do you work with it with money? He says on page 179, we all want better financial conditions. Here's one way to obtain them. Deny the old thoughts of lack of money and affirm the new thought of spiritual abundance everywhere manifest. We deny the old thought of lack of not enough money. And affirm there's spiritual abundance everywhere. And I would add there's spiritual abundance for me everywhere. There's spiritual abundance for me everywhere. There's spiritual abundance for me in every experience. There's spiritual abundance for me. And then you go and act from that space. Because that space is a different mindset than, you know, what was me you know, I'm depressed, I'm sad, I'm frustrated, I'm mad, I'm fearful. Because that, those type of thoughts and feelings attract their own energy. They have their own vibe. Remember, what you radiate, you express. So when you're in that space, you tend to get more of the same. If you Once you get to the level of gloom, you tend to attract things that give you more reasons to become or stay gloomy. Anyway. Moving right along. <clears throat> Turn to page 182. He gives an excellent story about Samson and Delilah. I mean, not Samson and Delilah. Lila, uh, Goliath, etc. About thoughts and etc. Um, but I think it's kind of self-explanatory. I don't think I really need to get into that because it, he's basically saying that some some thoughts of lack are really, really big and it takes a a firm realization of truth to really get behind it and push through it. Sometimes we don't uh, realize that some beliefs we have are very large, very strongly and deeply ingrained in our souls. And it takes uh, uh, the love and human consciousness, which David represents uh, and the strong affirmations of truth, the pebbles of the pebbles and the slingshot to actually shatter those old beliefs. And then once you do, and you have to eliminate it completely because David cut Goliath's head off with his own sword. So you can't play with those beliefs. You have to completely eradicate them. No playing with them. You got, you have to really legitimately say uh, no retreat, no surrender. 
when it comes to these thoughts of lack, sickness, uh, inharmony, and discord. No retreat, no surrender. God is the truth. Only God is real. You're not fighting it, but you're realizing the truth, and your realization of truth eliminates the error. Jesus said that what he taught was a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways, both sides. And error should be cut down when you are in truth. Which might, by the way, if you're walking in truth and you're around people who who have a dominant consciousness of error, you might be aggravating in to them. You might irritate them because you're in truth. Just also realize that if you're in space and you, when you start talking about truth and God's potential and infinite possibilities and love and peace, there's some people who get irritated with that type of conversation. And when that happens, you need to become aware of it because, again, now you're messing with my vibe. Do I need to be around you? Just a thought. Anyway, moving right along. He states on page 184 that we know that money was made for man and not man for money. No man needs to be a slave to his brother man or cringe before him to obtain money, which is the servant of all alike. Money was made for us, not us for money. And in all actuality, we don't work for money. We work for what money uh, can get us. In other words, Almost everything in life, with few exceptions, is tied one way or another to finances. You can't eat cars. You can't, um, you know, I mean, you can't eat money. You can't sleep on money. You can literally, but it wouldn't be comfortable. Uh, you can't wear money. You can't drink money. But we want the homes, the cars, the financial stability, the ability to send our kids to school, the ability to be entertained, the ability to take vacations, the ability to support our churches or non-for-profit organizations or political ambitions or organizations, and the different things that the means of exchange called money gives us. So we're not really, really working even for money. You don't work the job for the money you work the job for the money that can get you the things that you desire or that you need or that you want you know this is why it's necessary to get the consciousness of the thing that you desire because the money has to be attached to the concept or the idea not necessarily money for money's sake it's okay to get money for money's sake by the way I'm only saying that in and of itself once you have it what do you do with it you use it as a means of exchange for something else and that's important to realize, you know, uh, if you like computers, you're going to, you know, buy computer stuff that goes. But obviously, you don't walk in stores and they give you computers. You have to give them some money. You walk into the grocery store, you have to give them some money. You walk into any place of business. Normally, you have to give them some money in exchange for their commodities. So what are you really working for? What are you really praying for, et cetera? You might want to work with this concept. 
What do you is you weren't you weren't made to serve it. It was meant to serve you. It's a means of exchange. And we shouldn't be bowing down to anybody or disrespecting ourselves or functioning out of integrity for it. So with that, we're gonna take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. have you come here to be? It's a question we all ponder from time to time. Reverend Kelly Isola, host of Spiraling Consciousness and her co-authors have crafted a guidebook that will take you on a profound journey. If you long for love, peace, and joy, or yearn for commitment, passion, calm, or clarity, this book teaches you that you already have all of these within you. Whatever you long to experience outside of you is an aspect of you wanting to be birthed. Who have you come here to be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation is part daily reader, part spiritual practicum. Drenched in gorgeous imagery, each powerful page invites readers to dance, to leap, to sit still, to stand tall as they ponder the question, Who have I come here to be? Join the journey of self-discovery. Come explore the world within an infinite field of possibilities to discover who have you come here to be. To order your copy of Who Have I Come Here to Be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation, go to www.whohaveyoucomeheretobe.com. That's www.whohaveyoucomeheretobe.com. Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you're seeking? Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. All right. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Uh, wrapping up today's session on prosperity, chapter 12, overcoming the thought of lack. And I just want to also let you know that on the last week of July, I will be covering uh, or doing an overview of the whole book, you know, just hitting some main ideas out of the book. And in August, we're going to transition to teaching Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. Discover the Power Within You by Eric Butterworth. So if you do not have that book, 
again, get it. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm sure there was you know somebody emailed me and told me that there was a version online. I think she might even put it on my Facebook page. But you can buy the book, obviously, online or local bookstores or have them order it for you. If you're a New Thought student and you don't have the book, Discover the Power Within You, then let me tell you, in my opinion, it's one of the five books every New Thought student should have. One of the five. Anyway, moving right along. Mr. Fillmore goes on to say, we're not bound to the will of work of ceaseless toil day after day in order to appease the God of mammon on his own terms. We are children of the living God who as a loving father is right here in our midst where we can, where we may claim him, excuse me, where we may claim him as our support and our resource on such conditions as he lovingly reveals when we acknowledge him and deny mammon. Now that's looking from the standpoint of, realizing that he's saying we don't have to, um, you know, run the, you know, uh, what I'm trying to remember the term that Robert Kiyosaki uses. He says, uh, running the rat race, you know, just on a treadmill running or the, the little wheel that the Guinea pig is on. You're just running, running, running. You, you're working harder and harder, working more hours, more hours, more hours. But as we work harder and we, and we, and then we spend more time to accumulate wealth. What we end up doing is we look at everybody else's and start accumulating more stuff, more stuff. Then we got to work hard and run faster, work harder, work faster. No, you know, as Reverend Ike used to say, the more you work your mind, the less you work your behind. It doesn't mean you don't work. You're going to work, you know, you're going to work. Anything you do in love, you're going to put time, commitment, and energy into. But people are running so hard now. They're driving themselves so hard in the pursuit of keeping up with the Joneses that they don't even enjoy the money that they accumulate. And they end up having, what's the, what's the term, um, champagne taste with beer money. So what ends up happening many times is we put ourselves in positions to where um, the thing makes us work harder and we're not enjoying it. So if we don't have the, the, if our eyes get too big and we're not at the state or stage of consciousness where we're actually able to not just get the things, but enjoy them without them becoming a burden on us. In other words, if you're stressed out because of the mansion, Maybe the mansion is not where you're at in consciousness yet. And it's better to be able to be in a space that you can enjoy, that your family can enjoy instead of being stressed out, working all the time, not taking vacations, working from sun up to sundown and not actually taking time to smell the roses, enjoying the, your loved ones, enjoying your family and your children, enjoying your friends, enjoying life, taking vacations, etc. Life can't just be about the grind. See, because when that happens, the, the creativity of life gets snuffed out. I'm not saying that we don't have to work. You know, you do what you got to do, if, you know, legally and ethically. But that being said, it's not just about that. Life is for living. And if the only thing that's actually happening is you getting in and out of your bed because the only other thing you do is work to maintain, 
then it's time to take a pause and start doing some inner inventory, start doing some spiritual work to start saying, well, one, how did I get here? Two, what are the things I can do to eradicate this, to change the situation? And what do I need to do to go forward? And sometimes that means you have to get help that might, you know, go see your you know, go see your spiritual leader or, or a teacher or whatever, or a one to get counseling or talk or whatever. Call, you know, uh, a prayer line. Unity has one. Christ Universal Temple has one. And many other churches have them. Where you can pray and have people work with you in consciousness. Take a class and start learning and developing your own spirituality. Take a class to learn about financial responsibility. Take a Take courses or whatever. Go see a financial expert if that's what you need to do. Talk to your attorney if that's what you need to do. But in other words, you have to have a for you to function the way you need to function holistically. You have to have a team. To have, again, you know, uh, Joseph Murphy had a statement that I think is beautiful. He said he he, he was using it to um, in reference to people going to their family members for counseling with that marriage and he said that going to a family member uh or talking with your family about your marital problems is like going to a carpenter to get your teeth fixed it just doesn't make sense so there are times when you're going to need certain questions answered and you have to make sure that you have a team of people around you that help will help you prosper you're not an island until yourself and there are things that you're good at that mean you that that and other things that you may be not so good at so part of overcoming the thought of lack is putting yourself in a position where you ask questions where you get help where you stay in the conversation of prosperity and wealth one to attain it and two to increase it because then you can be a blessing to others now moving along Mr. Fillmore gives these powerful prayers that he calls the five smooth stones represented by David. I think they're powerful, so I'm going to read them. I am the beloved of the Lord. He is with me in all my righteous words, and they do accomplish that whereto I send them forth. My cause is just, for it is my divine right to be supplied with all things whatsoever the Father has placed at the disposal of his children. I dissolve in my own mind and the minds of all others any thought that my own can be withheld from me. What is mine comes to me by the sure law of God, and in my clear perception of truth, I welcome it. I love that one. I am not fearful of poverty, and I am under obligations to no one. My opulent father has poured out to me all resources, and I am a mighty channel of abundance. I selfishly own nothing, yet all things in existence are mine to use and in divine wisdom to bestow upon others. I love those affirmations. Again, they're giving you an opportunity to say them again. Take, Get a three-by-five card or something. Write them out and you know, affirm them in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. Uh, or, you know, put them on your in your phones or something where you can look at the affirmations and repeat them to yourself. Uh, some. You know, maybe even daily write them out or type them out. So it's you're impressing it upon your subconscious mind. Just every day, just type it out, type it out. Same this or other prayers. What are you doing by writing it or typing? You're actually um, impressing it upon your subconscious every time you do it. 
you make it fresh instead of just looking at it and saying it. You're saying it and typing it out every day. You're impressing it upon. So you're speaking it, you're seeing it, and you're feeling it. That's the rate of five senses. All right. Then he goes on to say that do not hold yourself in poverty by the fear of lack and by practicing a pinching economy. If you believe that all the father has is yours, then surely there is surely no reason for skimping. In other words, don't cheat yourself. Have a first class consciousness. Don't cheat yourself. Hmm. Don't hold yourself in poverty by the fear of lack. In other words, whatever you have to do, do. That doesn't mean that you utilize money or spend money uh, foolishly, but it does mean that things that are you are responsible for, things that you have to do, you do. Take care of it. Handle it. He says, nothing will so broaden all your mind and your world as the realization that all is yours. When you realize the boundlessness of your spiritual inheritance, nothing shall be lacking in all your world. You know, I can remember years ago hearing Les Brown uh, say at uh, Christ Universal Temple, you know, speaking about possibilities and not having the money yourself. He says somewhere there's somebody with your money in their pocket. And I love that. Because we don't think like that. I don't have to have it as long as I can get it. In other words, as long as it shows up and manifests in my experience, it doesn't have to be in my bank account as long as it's handled. It's a different consciousness. There's somebody out there with my money in their pocket waiting for me to show up so they can give it to me. Just something to think about. Anyway, as we wrap up, yet again, I'm a reminder next week we're going to do an overview and then the week after that when we start in august we're going to start working with the book discover the power within you by eric butterworth don't forget to stop by the christ universal temple website check out the reverend Derek b wells on sunday mornings at 10 30 a.m to 12 noon central standard time uh, at www.cutemple.org. If you're ever in the Chicago land area, stop by. We would love to see you. We'll treat you right and really nice. And if you're here and you're a listener of the show and you come into the city, please let me know that you're coming and uh, make sure that you see me. So God bless you. It's always a pleasure teaching and being with you. And we'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Rev. Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? 
Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Cerce points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. into your own hands? Bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path? Do you cross the boundary between religion and science? Or between religions themselves? Do you like a dose of humor with your truth-seeking? If you answered yes, you're what we call a holy rascal. Join Rabbi Rami Shapiro for How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, 
practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world.